to Spooks, Creeps, and Assorted Devilry, a roundtable discussion podcast hosted by five dummies that believe in weird stuff. Alright, my little spookadoodles, welcome to our third roundtable, roundtable number three. And tonight... We have decided to discuss time slips. That's right, time slips. Or is it time travel? We don't know. We're going to find out, or at least try to, though. So, when I was told that this is what we were doing, because I'm going to be real here, I miss so much in our chat because I'm an airhead, that I pretty much say, tell me what to do and when to do it, and I'm happy that way. So, I was told time slips. So, I'm like, all right, I hate time fuckery. You can bleep that out, but that's how I feel about it. But I want to see, is there a logical explanation for what these people are saying that is happening to them? Because there's quite a few stories out there. You know, y'all have one. I decided to see if maybe there was some scientific background to these stories. So, you know, what is time? Time is a progress of events and actions in a su- apparently irreversible su- succession from the past into the future. Or is it? With Einstein's theory of relativity, which is actually two different theorems that were published in 1905 and 1915, I believe, they he came up with time is not li- are a, a new space-time dimension, a four-dimensional space-time. And he proved it. So what that says is time doesn't flow. It just is. And we are the ones. Our observations and our perceptions are what create the so-called time arrow. Now, other scientists have just, like, when I started reading it, there's so many different camps And as it turns out, my bud Stephen Hawking was a firm believer in no time travel. Yes, Stephen. He said it could happen, but that if these little theorems and activities happened, it would create these black holes that would, like, destroy the world. Okay, that hasn't happened, so let's look at what time slips could possibly be. I found a couple of things. Now, they say time started at the beginning of the Big Bang. That's when time started progressing forward. That's the first event we can measure. And again, Mr. Hawking said, if there was an event before that, it's meaningless because we have no proof of it, while we do have proof of the Big Bang. So that's when time supposedly started, from then till now. So what I found, though, on the quantum level, we have what is called quantum foam. These are these little bubbles of reality, these little pieces of matter that are like point zero 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 three eighths of, of an atom. And they just pop in and out of z- existence like little magical pop rocks. Okay, now they've theorized that these little pop rocks can form these little tunnels that create this closed time-space loop. Because time isn't flowing, it just is. So if you can close a loop from here to here, it's like the wormhole theory. And Instead of me waiting for three days from now to happen, should one of these little quantum tunnels pop up, I can see it. From this point, you're supposed to be able to see either backwards or forwards, which would explain a lot of the time slips, how some of them are futuristic and how some of them 
peek into the past. It's like a window, but you're there. Now, what happens, though, is your molecules are going to force you to be back into your path, into your reality. So you're not there for long. Like, you phase back into your timeline really quick. Now, from everything I read, it's bleeding into parallel dimensions and the multiverse, which I actually do believe in. But on the quantum level, it can happen. They've created it. They've created these little, where they can take one particle and set it aside, where it's in its own moment in time, and that particle can observe everything that's happened in a certain time limit from past to future. So it's been recreated on a quantum level, although there's like plenty of scientists that say it's all BS, that, you know, there's one of the arguments is that these, these experiments were created assuming that our universe was an infinite creature that kept on growing and it continued on forever. Well, they've now figured out through our physics, at least in this time in our history, because this could all change. You know, I think we're at the baby level of quantum physics and how it actually affects us. But right now they're saying our universe is a finite creature. So therefore, all of these experiments and equations and solutions are bunk. Now, Kurt Gödel says you can recreate them. He's another uh, well-renowned physicist. And, you know, again, it's all theory because they can't, we can't do it, we can't control it. So if it's happening, it's happening randomly in the universe, but it is possible. That's all I'm going to throw out there is scientifically on a quantum level, you can time travel. Okay. Theoretically. Mm -hmm. Possible. Well, there you go. But it still pisses me (laughs) off because we can't control it. I don't know. (laughs) Theories make me mad. There's a lot of so stuff. So who would can't... like to go first with the story, though? Or did you want to discuss my little thing? I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, Tanya, you had something you were saying. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, there's a lot of stuff we can't control, though. Like in nature right. and everything. Right. And, and it actually really did explain time slips more to me because I kind of thought it was hooey. I'm not going to lie. All the stories. <laughs> like, I mean, because you have temporal illusions where you create your own, your brain with dopamine, different chemicals, will make time actually seem slower or faster. That's how you lose time. There's an actual chemical explanation for lost time in your brain. Right. Okay, so... I experienced that for the first time a couple weeks ago. I was... Did you? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't just here I am and there I am and I forgot the middle. It was here I am and there I am and oh my God, where did 25 go? Yep. And it was the first time I've had that happen. It's crazy. It happens to me a it lot. Is. But I have found talking through colleagues of mine and, and mentors that um, people with psychic ability it happens quite a bit because we get lost in our own heads quite often my brain has so many different corridors that it goes down that you know there's times i come to and i'm like i've just driven for an hour and i have no fucking idea where i'm at oh, how yeah. i got there i've done that why am i alive how did yeah. i drive in florida right. without even being aware <laughs> you know like it's crazy and kind of scary because then you got to think well um you know yeah that that happened to me the first night coming back from the plant my very first night working i remember making the uh right onto the access road and then an hour later making the left to my parents driveway i was just like what in the world you know and again it was one of the things where i did like a, yeah i went around the car make sure it was no you know weird dents or scrapes or that kind of thing so it's scary i mean it, it was really jolting right yeah. <laughs> well with this closed time loop thing if that's the real thing that actually really explains time slips because it's like a fixed loop you're gonna walk in and you're gonna walk out 
you're not going to stay there for any amount of time, you know, or any significant amount of time. So that, that kind of, it's like, it's like a wormhole in our reality, just randomly popping up, but it's theoretically possible on a quantum level. Well, that happened to me. And when I told you, y'all laughed, but, uh, when I was coming back from Chicago and I had the, uh, flat tire and I had to spend the night in uh, that hotel by myself, I got up to go to the bathroom and it was three o'clock in the morning. I came to, back to bed, laid my head down, picked up my phone, and it was 5 o'clock in the morning. And your brain does crazy things. So, I don't think that I went to sleep. So, I'd like to know where two hours went. But y'all laughed when I told you, so. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. It, that's one of the things I love about time slips. Not directly relating to what you just said, Tanya, but they can explain so much quote-unquote paranormal experience. If right. if we assume that time slips are real, that's potentially a lot of ghost uh, sightings or poltergeist right. sightings. I went back to my ghost story, my Mackinac ghost story, and how Walter brought up that it might be a time slip. And here's why I think it wasn't. Because I feel like if some chick from the 80s with eight-mile-high hair and her titties hanging out walked into some bro's bathroom, he, he would give her more than a half-smile and then go back to admiring himself in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you just weren't his type. I'm everybody's type, Laura. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> What what the listener can't see is we are all making eyes. Right now. Bat, and deservedly so. Batting okay. Eyelashes. That's right, Leo. Yeah. Uh-huh. Alrighty. So we've covered the fact that it can happen. So somebody right. tell me a story. Laura, I think you were gonna. Yeah, I'll go first. All right. So, and and I'm reading this from BellaOnline.com. In October of 1979, two married couples were driving through France to vacation in Spain. It was the Simpsons and the Gisbys. They decided to find a place to stay for the night near Montemiller. Is that how you say it? Anyone? Anyone? I don't know. No. This is in France. I don't know. M O N. T E L I M A R. Montemiller? Montemiller? Yeah, go with that. Sure. Okay. <laughs> so the Ibis Motel was full, and they were told that they might be able to find a room down the road. The road they followed was narrow and made of cobblestone. They passed buildings and signs advertising a circus, all of which looked oddly old fashioned. Soon they came to a long stone building of two stories facing the road. Upon entering the building, the couples found themselves in a large room that appeared to be a bar. The proprietor did not speak English. English, but was able to communicate that there were rooms available. The Simpsons and the Gisbys found their rooms to be clean, although very, very outdated. The furniture was made of heavy wood. The windows were merely shutters. There were only wooden catches for locks on the doors. The bed sheets were made of calico. There were bolsters with no pillows. The plumbing was antique, and there were no telephones or elevators in the building. After an evening meal of steak, eggs, fries, and beer, they went to bed uh, and thankful to have found a place to sleep for the night. At breakfast in the dining room the next Next morning, three very odd individuals entered the hotel. A woman wearing a long dress and buttoned boot and carrying a little dog, and two French policemen in uniforms later discovered to be the styles worn before 1905. Additionally, when Jeff and Len asked the officers about the best auto route to take, the policemen didn't, didn't appear to know the word auto route and directed them to an old road miles out of the way. When paying the bill upon leaving, it was about one thirteenth as much as the going hotel rate at that time. Len believed 
believe there was that must have been a mistake, but the manager would take no more cash. Two weeks later, on their return trip from vacationing in Spain, the couples hoped to stay in the same hotel. They turned off the road at the same point, saw the circus signs that they had seen before, but the hotel was no longer there. After returning home and developing their vacation rolls of film, they discovered that the pictures they had taken at the hotel were missing from the middle of the roll. The serial numbers of the frames were consecutive and there were no blanks in the film. In 1983, the couples returned to the area to search for the hotel. A similar place was found, but the Gisbys and Simpsons were convinced that it was not the same one they had stayed at in 1979. Mr. Simpson allowed himself to be hypnotized in 1985 by a psychiatrist to see if there were any other memories in his subconscious about the event, but were unable to add anything new to the experience. <laughs> the end. And I've, I've heard this story before on um, another podcast, and I don't remember what it was, but that is really cool. That uh, And I guess what is freaky is what if they had because they went to sleep there what if they had gotten stuck there because mm-hmm. it seems like I mean if four people are experiencing the same thing like if it was one person it might be something weird but four different people were there and um, experience, all experienced it so it has to be something. But why wouldn't their camera work? That's the part I Okay, that's the part where my brain's stuck on. If it was an actual, like, time slip and they just stepped on through, what's up with the film just not even being there? Yeah, it's a convenient out for sure. I don't like that. That bothers me. I could buy a time slip. I actually can now because, like, it's been proved. Like, I can buy a time slip now. Right. But when you add in that part, that's where my brain gets stuck. What about, that's stupid. Why, like, that doesn't make sense if it is a time slip is all. Well. If it's something else, sure. Hmm. Maybe they stepped into fairyland. didn't work. Visited the Fae. Who knows? I was about ready to say that, Tanya. Yeah, maybe the laws are different. Like, if cameras can't work in that period, then cameras from the future can't work. Then they're not going to work. But then wouldn't it at least have blank film? It's it's like if you watch the movie Contact at the end. Spoilers for a twenty five year old movie. When Jody <laughs> when Jodie Foster goes through the the wormhole, she spends a, an X number of hours of time in that world, and then immediately comes back. And right. they you know at the at the hearing they say, oh, you were gone for a fraction of a second, but they have twelve hours of blank video recorded. For that time right or, or whatever it was so yeah it's it's one of those things where it well they didn't have any there was nothing right and that's they remembered taking pictures but there was nothing right and that's that's part of the problem with the story because it all throws back to the it's anecdotal mm-hmm. again and i i hate there's no proof exactly there's there's nothing to point to it yeah and i love this story like i i yeah I do too. I, I yeah, like crazy. the story. I like the story. I do. But that's where my brain gets stuck. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I can figure, I mean, I see both of them. The only, I, I can see where there wasn't cameras then, or at least that kind of camera, so it wouldn't work. But I can also wonder why there wasn't, like you said, blank film. Right. Why wouldn't there Unless be they just didn't take. They thought they were taking pictures and they weren't. Right. And it was 1979, so they're just scooching right. it. Yeah. And maybe. Well, I don't let's know. let's. Then, is it wasn't that when you still had to like it had like the little wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, mm-hmm. but then she said that yeah. there was missing photos in the middle of the film though. So there was pictures in the beginning and then pictures at the end, but there was nothing mm-hmm. in the middle. No, uh, they were okay. consecutive. Okay, I misunderstood there was no them. Yeah, there was just nothing. Okay. Yeah. It was like they didn't take any. Gotcha. Okay. Misunderstood. Let, let's let assume that physics works the same, which it should if it's a time slip. So we've got to think, okay, maybe it's an electromagnetic interference. 
and that would right. render the pictures blank or you know white it out. But if but there's, there wasn't any yeah, blank or exactly. white it out, there was none. Exactly, that's that's uh, a negative in my column. I can accept a time slip as a scientific thing, but you add something like that in there, and I'm like, wait, that just that doesn't fit with the explanation in my head, you know? Right. Yep. I don't know. I'm right there with you. I love the story, but yeah, there's holes. In I love the story. I actually love the story. All right, who's got another one? Are we Rick? are we alternating sexes? I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> is that what is that what I was going? Just going. Uh, if you want to know the truth, I was going counterclockwise by my pictures on my screen. Well, oh, no. okay. Well, <laughs> there. If I mean honestly, we should alternate sexes. That way, Walter and I are sandwiched between all of them. That way. Oh, <laughs> I see. <laughs> So, <laughs> wow! So my story, and I've I've looked up multiple sources, and the one that I liked the best was message to eagle dot com from November twenty sixth, twenty seventeen, and I'm going to read it as it is because it's written very well, it's very concise, it gets all the information out there, and it's not long. So we'll go with that. So let me scroll back to the top here. So this is from Cynthia McKenzie. Many scientists are convinced there is a number of higher dimensions and possibly several invisible worlds surrounding our own. If this is the case, then there could be so-called interdimensional time portals on Earth. These interdimensional doorways would be invisible to the naked eye, but stumbling upon one of them could transport a person to a different time and unknown world. There are many intriguing stories about people who have accidentally entered different worlds through time portals, and one of them is Air Marshal Sir Victor Goddard of the British Royal Air Force. In 1935, Goddard flew a Hawkard Hart biplane to Edinburgh, Scotland from his home base in Andover. It was a weekend visit, and on a Sunday, Goddard decided to fly over an abandoned airfield in Drim, not far from Edinburgh. It was closer to his final destination than the airport at which he landed. Constructed during the First World War, the Drim airfield was not much to see. It was overgrown with foliage, and hangars were falling apart. The former airport was now a farm and cattle grazed where planes were once parked. On Monday, Goddard began the flight back to his home base, but he encountered a bizarre storm that gave him problems controlling his aircraft. He was flying in an open cockpit over mountainous terrain without radio navigational aids or cloud-flying instruments. In the high winds of the storm's strange brown-yellow clouds, he lost control of his plane, which began to spiral toward the ground. Goddard was unable to stop the spin, and he was uncertain of his location. Things looked really bad, and he feared that the rapid fall would lead to a crash in the night. He seemed to have little chance to come out of the clouds. As he looked around, he noticed that the sky was darker than ever, and the clouds were yellowish-brown. Goddard was now flying 150 miles per hour, and he was still falling. After what seemed like an eternity, he finally succeeded in leveling out his plane and managed to avoid a crash. At this point, something strange happened. He looked around, trying to determine his location. To his surprise, he noticed that the sky was now suddenly bright with golden sunlight and he was approaching the old abandoned airfield of Drent. As he looked around, Goddard noticed this was the same airfield, but yet everything was different. The hangars appeared to be new. There were four airplanes on the ground, three familiar biplanes, but painted in an unfamiliar yellow. The fourth was a monoplane. This was really odd because the RAF had no such plane in 1935. The mechanics were dressed in blue overalls, which Goddard thought odd since all RAF mechanics dressed in brown overalls. But more curious was that no one seemed to notice him. He was flying over the airfield, but none of the mechanics paid attention to him and his craft. It's almost as if he was invisible to the people on the ground. 
Leaving the area, he again encountered the storm, but he managed to return to his home base safe. Goddard told the other pilots about his unusual experience, but no one took him seriously. His friends thought that he was either crazy or drunk, and Goddard decided to keep the story to himself for many years before. Finally, in 1966, he wrote down and revealed his strange encounter to a place from a different tongue. Uh, in 1939, Goddard watched as RAAF trainers began to be painted yellow, and the mechanic switched to blue coverall. The RAF introduced a new training monoplane exactly the one he'd seen in his flight of the dream. It was called the Magister. He learned that the airfield of the dream had been refurbished. Did Goddard for a brief moment of time travel in the future? It would seem so. How else could he have known the German airfield would look like in four years? Goddard's time slip is an intriguing time travel story that gives us something to think about. Did he accidentally <laughs> enter a time portal while flying through the storm? The RAF pilot's mysterious time slip and encounter with the unknown can neither be confirmed nor denied. What we can say with certainty is there is still so much we do not fully understand about the nature of time and space. Again, that's by Cynthia McKenzie on message to eagle.com. Now that's, yeah, that's, that's a story. That's a big, hmm. Yeah, exactly. And again, it's all anecdotal because obviously he released it in 66, well after the fact. That's 31 years after his supposed encounter. But Did it's he still, tell anybody about it before he released it? Doesn't, like, is there any proof? beforehand no from what i can tell no. i don't like that then yeah i know i know it's a cool story though and it's always i've always it been drawn cool. to it and it reminded me and this is going to be really nerdy but i'm a fan of the outlander novels if you've read yeah yeah so it's it's about time travel and time slips and all of that kind of stuff. wait am i the only one that hasn't read it i haven't read it i just know about it oh okay so one of one of the ancillary characters who becomes a main character, his father was an RAF pilot who encountered a time slip like that. So it's it's one of those things. Oh, okay. that, yeah, like it, it it jarred something loose. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember. There's this a series sort of. on Netflix or one of them too on the books. Yeah, there's um, five seasons yeah. on Netflix. I think they just released yeah. a sixth season on Stars. The books were amazing. The books are absolutely fantastic. They are a little. Diana Gableton, I believe, yeah. is the author. Yeah, she was she was in the first season of a TV show as a, as like a background character, but yeah, it's it's excellent. But yeah, what do what do you guys think about it? I I also love this story, and I've heard it on another podcast. <laughs> but I think it's really neat. I wish that he had told somebody because it does seem suspect that he did not release that for many many years. And if he had told somebody ahead of time. Or say, you know, even his wife or something, hey, this weirdest thing happened. Since he didn't, it's really hard to believe if that is I mean, true. he could have, though. Yeah. He could have told his close family and friends. Right. And we don't know. That's but. true. Now, he could have, and we just don't know about it. And he could have just released it to the public after he had nothing to lose. I mean, if he was an RAF officer, he might not have wanted to tell and sound like, right. like a loon. <laughs> and they ground him or something. That's like today with UFO stories <laughs> for the pilots. Maybe he just kind of thought it was just like a hinky thing yeah. until he saw something like it and it jogged his brain like, Oh, that's what I saw, like, in the future. Yeah. You know, when well, he saw the monoplane, maybe his brain went, oh, oh, that's what I saw that day. Right. I love calling it a monoplane, by the I'm way. Gasp I'm grasping for Straza. <laughs> what is a monoplane? It's a single-wing plane. Single being mono, by meaning two. Right. But I've never... <laughs> you think? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, explain. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
I've never seen a plane with one wing. What are you talking about? Are you talking about a singular? No, that's a biplane. What is it? Just have a wing at the so top. So back then and... they had two wings on each side. Right, they were biplanes. Your your right. standard seven forty seven is a is a monoplane. Okay, so it was a very futuristic thing for him. <laughs> I, I mean, I tell you, I ain't you. never seen I ain't never seen planes with one wing. <laughs> you and your fake accent. You know, it's, I'm in charge of the editing. Nobody will hear none of that. It's, it's my real accent. You keep this in there, girl. That's what I sound like. <laughs> I've never sounded that bad. I don't think. I, yeah, never, hopefully. Well, but Walter, you I, were going to say something. I, what were you going to say? I don't even remember now. Correct. <laughs> 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 I told whatever I had, I lost it. It's in a time slip. You're now, saying so. about how that's how uh, the UFO. Oh yeah, that's. I mean, that's how pilots today they can't talk about their UFO sightings because they'll be taken off their off their job. So right. Yep. Grounded. So. Right. 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 Well, go back to Close right. Encounters of the Third Kind. The very opening scene is pilots seeing something and they're watching it on radar and like, do you want to <laughs> file a UFO? No, report? I'm good. No, no. <laughs> right. Like, no, that's, that's we the do answer. Not. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you know, just as a sidebar, y'all know I'm old. Everybody knows I'm old. Uh, I have not seen that movie since what? it came out at the theater. Oh man. I was negative five. <laughs> what year was it? I don't know. 77 or 70 something. Yeah. I saw this first Star Wars at the theater too. That was seventy seven. Me too with my grandma. You guys my are old. Took us. We are old. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm older than Trina by a, a couple, few years, I think. I'm the oldest. I'll be fifty two oh. this summer. Oh see, I just turned fifty five, so <laughs> Wait, am I the baby? I'm the baby. You ladies look great. I think you're the baby. No, I'm the baby. Thirty eight. I think Walter is. Thirty eight. Yeah, but what we're both but, the same what, age. <laughs> what month were you born? November. What months though? Yeah. I'm, I'm the baby. baby. Wait, you're the baby. No, I'm he's the, the baby. baby. Oh my no, Walter's God. the baby. Walter's the baby. <laughs> How old are you, Laura? I'll be 40 in October. Okay. Oh, you need a big party. I'm going to come up there and throw you a giant party. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, Rick is not allowed. I'm never allowed hey. to anything. Give me 30 seconds. <laughs> I have to empty my bladder real quick. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, me too. Okay, oh, bye. Fake tequila. Fake tequila. <laughs> Oh, I love Laura's sweatshirt. Well, we can definitely confirm that they're both wearing pants. So now it's just down to us three. I've got pants. I have a cat in my lap, though. So I can't, like, fling my leg up there. i got a cat. And he's a big kitty. Oh, I'm just, I've, got, I've got pants. I've got that pants. is a very big kitty. Look how big this I cat is. I never got undressed. Oh, he's my a, kitty is. Oh, huh? Is that one of the Maine Coon ones? It's a Maine Coon, yeah. But yeah. they cut his hair around his neck because it's really natted up. And they cut it so it's he's not got that great big... It'll grow out, though. But it's it'll really knotted up. Yeah. I got to cut it because it's Goliath bad. Goliath was a mean coon. He, he had that big old rough. I'm back. Yeah. Hi. Laura Hi. went, Hello. too. The oh, Savannah's longer than this one. It's a really long cat. He's skinny, yeah. though. He doesn't <laughs> seem like he got fed enough or something. The Savannah. Laura made boom-booms, too. Yep, she did. Boom booms. <laughs> I'm not gonna respond to that. <laughs> I, I tell I, t- I ask my coworkers if they're making boom booms every time I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> oh my god. I ask them if they're going to have a winkle tinkle. Winkle oh my tinkle. Gosh. I'll leave my coworkers alone about the bathroom. <laughs> I know. Oh my coworkers hate me. I am probably the world's most annoying coworker. Not not just your coworkers. 
Shout out to Rick. Here's the thing. I work in a really high-stress environment. Right. So I have to make things fun. These bitches walking around all frowny-faced, pissed off for good reason. Trust me. So I walk in at 1 o'clock, and I'm like, you know, grabbing butts and doing whatever I can to make people smile at that point. It's the only way to get through it. There's no such thing as a waffle emergency. If you grab somebody's butt at my work, you're in trouble. You're fired. I joke all the time because they made us take a, um, they made us take this little thing, you know, sexual harassment thing where we had to read and right. answer some questions. So I joke all the time that I, I passed the sexual harassment test and I am a boss at it. No. <laughs> well, these days I'm fired. It's fine. <laughs> it's fun. People like getting their butt grabbed, okay? Everybody likes to know that their butt looks amazing. As a man, I can say yes, that's true. See? That's I'm not a fan of getting my ass grabbed. And it's not <laughs> in a sexual... Okay, but I know who doesn't like to be touched. And I'm not... I mean, I don't mind I'm being touched. I just like don't you, want my coworker to grab my ass. <laughs> right. So instead, I would say, hey, your butt looks amazing today. I did that with a coworker. See, <laughs> Because she also doesn't like to be touched. I'm I'm not an asshole. I believe in consent, okay? Mm. <laughs> I'm leaning in real close to the mic to let everybody know I like my ass being touched. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, please touch my ass, anybody who runs into me. I touch it. Know. It's lumpy, but it needs attention. <laughs> <laughs> also, so what she said. <laughs> so time slips. All right, so we, here's my theory on that. So... If that guy just went through a storm, right? <laughs> yes, he went through a know. storm, and he came back out, and he was in a different time. But country. they didn't notice him. Right. He just noticed them. So right. let, let's assume it's correct. You guys are, I'm sure, familiar with that uh, quote-unquote time slip where someone was flying yes. through the Bermuda Triangle and ended up like 120 right. miles closer in the same amount of time. Yes. Go nothing. And that yeah, involved right. the storm, that too. Kind of thing where it's an electrical yeah. disturbance. Yeah, that's that's yep. the first. Yeah, thing but his fuel logs even backed up his story that that Bermuda Triangle yes. Miami guy. What was that one that had to do with planes? It was a story. Oh, the Langoliers. <laughs> Never Yeah, it had uh, uh, Bronson Pinchot. And it, I was pissed off. I stayed <laughs> up for two hours to watch that dumbass movie. Oh hell, the nineties were a horrible decade. <laughs> did you write Mr. King a heavy-handed email? <laughs> I did not, because it wasn't his fault. They always screw mm. up his stuff. Although That's true. It was it. better than the book. They took out yes. that whole weird <laughs> sex thing. Yeah. This is about the accidental time travel incident with Marie Antoinette. Oh, you, okay. you, you gave away the whole uh, Is this before or after she lost her head? <laughs> it is before. Good deal. Whoever, good deal. Whoever's editing this okay. should edit out right. the fact that you gave away who was in there. Is that a <laughs> surprise? I mean... I think it's a nice <laughs> little button on the end. <laughs> Okay, well, then I'll edit that out. Okay, here we go. I have a story about these two ladies. <laughs> so here we go. Okay, everyone can relate to taking a wrong turn on vacation, but few can boast taking a turn back in time to hang out with the person that he doesn't want me to say. <laughs> that is, unless you're Charlotte Ann Moberly. Charlotte Ann Moberly and Eleanor Jourdain. It was 1901 when the two women, both academics hailing from Britain, decided to take a holiday to France and visit the famously tremendous stomping grounds of the ill-fated Queen of Versailles. It is known as the Moberly Jourdain Incident. The women hardly considered themselves history buffs when it came to the site, although they were both self-proclaimed women of reason. Moberly was even a school principal. We had very hazy idea as to where it was or what there was going to be seen, explained Moberly. 
Both of us thought it might prove to be a dull expedition. Nevertheless, they pursued the grounds in the hot August heat. We sat down at the Salle de Glace, which is the Hall of Mirrors, said Moberly, where a very sweet air was blowing in at the open windows. I suggested our going to the Petit Trianon, but on their way to the mini chateau, they seemed to take a wrong turn. Suddenly, the women reported, a wave of melancholy permeated the air. They began to hear strange sounds and distance music of a bygone era. They walked past what appeared to be a humble hamlet. Then, said Jourdain, some dignified officials dressed in long grayish-green coats with small three-cornered hats, appeared out of the blue and told them to continue walking. The women reached the Temple de la Amour when Moberly locked eyes with a harrowing figure. That's when she began to understandably lose her cool. The expression of the man was evil yet unseeing, she said, recalling his complexion as pockmarked, and although I did not feel that he was looking particularly at us, I felt a repugnance. Luckily, another man of a more dapper disposition appeared and kindly pointed them towards the Petit Trianon, where Moberly saw a fair-haired woman in a summer dress sketching on the lawn. The woman Moberly would later deduce was none other than Marie Antoinette. Her appearance was identical to that of a 1785 portrait of the queen by Adolf Viermuller, in which Moberly came across haphazardly after the incident. The women continued wandering to the site and eventually wandered their way out of what appeared to be a pre-revolutionary France back into the 20th century. It would take another week for them to open up to one another about the surreal experience, but when they did, they decided their story had to be told, even if it couldn't quite be explained. They even revisited Versailles several times, and finding the atmosphere pretty different, took a non-diplume and published a non-fiction book on the incident aptly entitled An Adventure in 1911. So there you go. Love it, too. I love it. She, uh, they also said that they saw a dapper and helpful gent by the temple, and that was none other than Count of Vaudreuil, who was a charismatic fixture of Versailles and entertained a hot and cold friendship with the queen. Ooh. Ooh. So there you go. So what do y'all think about that? What's going on in France? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in France, apparently. There is a lot of stuff going on in I, France. I feel, I feel we need to take a field trip at some point. So I think so, too. I think so, too. What are you doing? Rick, what are you doing? <laughs> are we doing yoga now? Stretching. I love yoga. You look like a scary movie thing. Like that guy in that, that trailer you sent me. Okay, so... <laughs> Oh, wait, are we done talking about Marie Antoinette? What do we think about that? No, we didn't even talk about her. Oh, we sure didn't. Okay. And she had her head. That yeah. was good. <laughs> yeah, she had her head. <laughs> That's positive. <laughs> I think it would have been a better story if, like, she went. They, they went by like a bunch of people like pushing a guillotine into the square. You know, yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, that or would they be just, horrible. You know, ran into the basket. What's in the basket? Oh my god! <laughs> so yeah, what do y'all think about that story? A lot of people thought that they were just overheated because of they were older ladies you know they're proper school teacher ladies and that they had just gotten overheated and started seeing hallucinations and this couldn't have been like rain actors or anything right well uh, funny enough it said something about that it said that there was people that enjoyed right. reenacting stuff and they thought that that might be what it is but there was also something that said the bridge that the ladies talked about going over never existed yeah because i know my story in gettysburg there's like rain actors 
everywhere everywhere all oh, the yeah. time and i thought because i think i'm right about this one and wasn't there something about a masquerade ball going on at the same time am i thinking of a different story Oh, I don't know. It, it didn't say anything about that, but that would make sense. This, I don't know. I kind of think because of their character and who they were, they weren't like his, you know, I don't know. I kind of think maybe they just stepped through, again, one of those little closed time arcs that you just kind of walk through and you walk out and you just experience yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Well, Because I don't think, I mean... Sorry, go ahead, tell me. Oh, I was just going to say that because they were like uh, principals in school and stuff, I don't think that they were probably apt to lying, but then they also did write a book about right, it. Right, they did so, profit off of yeah. it, and that always makes sense. They it did profit off of it, right. They just wanted the fame. The, the flip side of their teachers is they have an awareness of this history. They would know yes. the history. Right. Yeah. If, if it was... The people's names and stuff, exactly, yeah. Yeah. If it was if it was somebody traveling from a different continent or America or what have you that didn't have any knowledge of this and came back with the right. story, it'd be a little more feasible to me. And that's me saying that with the understanding that I love the story. I, I like one yes, I, I do yeah. too. I do too. I think it's it's if it's true, if any of this is if you believe <laughs> any of this is at all, at all, as another podcast says, like it's it's fascinating, but it's frustrating at the same time. Right. Right. I wish there was just more proof of stuff like this, you know. Well, it's all anecdotal. Like, take a damn picture, people. I know it is. It's it's all anecdotal until you get a a photograph or a body. (laughs) Yeah, but then people always think that's fake, too. So, I mean, like, we're going to go to the Sally house. And I said something to Jesse's a very big skeptic my friend Jesse, and he's, I asked him, if something happens, are you going to believe it? And he said, no, I'll just think the people mm. that own the house set it up. Uh, that's a reasonable thought, yeah. It is, but you could put stuff in people's face. How are you going to prove anything if you're not going to believe it if it is in front of your face? Well, that's the thing. It's got to be, you know. Well, there, there, are pl- there are people in groups that actually are paid to fake ghost experiences in, in supposedly haunted locations. Oh, yeah, um, I would say. And yeah. all of that's fun. And I'll still get scared enough that I will probably pee my pants. So, <laughs> so I, it'll, it'll get, you know, it'll do its job. <laughs> Back to Marie Antoinette. Um, <laughs> so yeah i hope that's true that would be pretty neat to go back and see like marie antoinette or something even though she wasn't the greatest person she wasn't a horrible person but she just wasn't a good person for the poor people <laughs> she was a rich kid thrown into a mess yeah. she was a product yeah. of her environment she was a baby yeah. and she had to rule this country that did not freaking want her and she didn't know what to do except for what she right, was because she wasn't french do. right she was she wasn't French. She was like German, Eastern European slash Russian. Yeah, yeah, something. But I knew she was something. French wasn't. France wasn't her home country, and all she could Uh -uh. do was what she was taught and bred to do. Women were property back then. She didn't have any control over anything happening in France (laughs) at that time. Right. But we can unequivocally say that Louis the Fourteenth was a dick. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. He didn't give a shit. He just wanted what he wanted. (laughs) the sun king <clears throat> okay it so it's turn. walter's turn now so oh boy well, well, what am i about to say 
is this is really left an impression on me at a very early age i first saw this on unsolved mysteries and i had to look it up so it was season eight episode 13 which aired february 2nd 1996 so that particular episode it they talked about the hauntings of gettysburg it was one of the segments okay so so the two like to me of all the dramatizations they did but i think it's been mislabeled because i don't think time slips back in, when this happened in the 80s was was like a thing like no one knew a big you know, thing I, you know the term time slip so they just assumed that it was right. some sort of haunting right so this takes place and uh sometime in the 1980s they don't really give an exact date this happened at gettysburg college back in 1863 i don't know if you guys know this or not there was a uh battle called battle of gettysburg july 1st through the 3rd 1863 never yeah. Heard of it. yeah um it's crazy i never yeah never heard of it either <laughs> the college was there but it was only like three buildings it was very small and it wasn't known as gettysburg college it was known as pennsylvania college so the, oh, the okay. particular building where this occurred at was back then was known as old dorm and now it's known as pennsylvania hall so again this story takes place in the 1980s these two administrators were leaving work uh, at night so they were walking down the hall they get into the elevator and they hit the first floor. So instead of the elevator dropping them off at the first floor, it bypasses the first floor and goes into the basement. The doors open up, and what they see is straight out of somewhere between July 1st, probably afterwards, because, again, with all the cows and stuff, that field hospital was in, in operation for probably, <laughs> probably weeks. But anyway, the doors open up, and they see surgeons. They see wounded soldiers laying on the floor. They see orderlies carrying baskets of amputated limbs, nurses just cries of you know uh wounded soldiers just all these these horrible sights going on right as they're watching this one of the surgeons looks up from amputating a limb and points at them to call them into the room at this point they're frantically trying to hit the close the, you know the elevator uh, close button eventually the door the door closes and it goes back up to the first floor and then they contact the security department because they're thinking maybe the drama kids or something are doing some sort of prank down in the basement the security officers go down there and there's nothing going on down there i mean it's it's it was used for storage so again it was always labeled as a haunting but it just checks all the boxes for me as a as a time slip because again it's like i mean i've never heard yeah. of a haunting reenacting a whole entire scene you know usually i mean if they went down there and just saw a surgeon standing there performing an action there was nothing else there okay it's probably a residual or something but to have the whole scene with wounded soldiers orderlies nurses the smells sounds and everything it's too many details exactly haunting. hauntings aren't that detailed mm -hmm. at so all ever that all that always stuck out to me. So I've been to Gettysburg. I can't. I can't even tell you how many times. It's, it's like almost my second home. Super interesting uh, place. Another. The other tale. I don't necessarily think it was a time slip. There was these two reenactors. Again, there's reenactors everywhere. There's one particular time. There was two right. reenactors. They, they were just done reenacting a, a battle, and they were standing there. This soldier comes up to them, and they're like marveling over his. So to be a good reenactor, you have to have like you know you have to look real. So they were really impressed with his right. presentation. I mean, this guy smelled like sulfur from the gunpowder <laughs> and everything. Sweat his uniforms <laughs> dirty and everything. And he's like comes up to him. He's like, oh man, you know. He's like, it was a real rough day, wasn't it, fellas? And they're talking like, yeah, you know, they're just having a conversation with him. And he goes, here, you guys might need this. And he hands them two cartridges for uh, a breech loading or for a muzzle loading um, rifle. So, and they look down at it like, man, it's like, where, you know, where did he get this from? And they look up and he's gone. So <laughs> they, did they, keep they do the have the cartridges. cartridges? Yeah, and they took it to the, uh, I mean, again, there's tons of places down there that can authenticate stuff. 
um, a lot of your a- antique stores and stuff. Oh, well, yeah. And again, it's like, all right, well, I can go to one of those places and buy authentic cartridges. You know what I'm saying? So, But the idea that they were right. – they looked down at it and looked up and he was completely gone. And, you know, there was nowhere for him to hide at. Um Again, right. I don't know if that's a time slip as well. Were the cartridges live? Were they yeah, live they were live on? cartridges. Yeah, so again, the cartridge had, it's not what, what we know as a, a, a round. It was like a paper casing with powder that right. you would bite off, dump some of the powder in there, and it still has right. blood, and then you ram the rest of it down the barrel with a ramrod, and then you, you, you shot it. So that's what he handled them. But yeah, those two just <laughs> completely left an impression on me. Like for my whole life was those two stories. So but going back to the basement, Again, I think that was a genuine time slip. But why couldn't it have been a haunting though? Because they interacted with him. Yeah, that was another thing for me too. He like he looked at them. Now again, you can make the argument like, well, maybe he was looking past them, and they just happened to be standing there, and he's looking at something that you know he can't see them, and he's just looking at people behind them, which they don't know. I don't know. Again, it just doesn't seem like a haunting because you never hear about. Right. I've never heard that many hauntings. Or if anywhere, there's a whole scene enveloping, you know? It's always just one random thing yeah. or... Like the guy that right. handed them the cartridges? He could have been a haunting. But again, how do you explain... He actually gave them a physical item. They bought it at a store and then they made up the story. You're That's ab- it. No, you're absolutely right, Laura. I mean... That's possible because, again, I've been down there enough times. There's tons of places And then they got on Unsolved Mysteries. All, and... you, know, you, can get, you can get cigars from 1863. Right. right. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't smoke them, but they have them. Right. You know, for collectors. No. <laughs> they got everything. Hardtack. <laughs> you name it, they have everything down there. But the medical scene yeah, and, seems and, like yeah. a time slip. Mm-hmm. Right. And the basement of Old Dorm, so the, the basement of Pennsylvania Hall was used as a field hospital. I think instead of a haunting, it was probably a Did they know that, though? Uh, I'm not sure. They don't really specify. I can't. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I mean, they obviously knew there was a, ba- a battle there, but whether or not they knew that a particular building was used as a field hospital. But then again, pretty much every house around there was used as a field hospital. Mm-hmm. I was going to so. say, if you if you try to say any particular building in Gettysburg is haunted with ghosts of Civil War soldiers, then chances are you're gonna get yeah. pretty close yeah i mean i went to a private residence where they still have the blood stains on the hardwood floor where th- that that was used as a as a field hospital <laughs> there you go bragging again oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah i mean again too like once the battle happened people fled people hid down in the basements and stuff the one exhibit in the museum they talk about the um i don't know the life in the day of of uh, of the civilians hiding in these basements and hearing soldiers on the first floor, second floor of their homes, yeah. shooting out the windows, ransacking the houses and stuff. So, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that would be scary, especially if it was the other side, <laughs> which I guess it was. Usually. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was the uh, Confederate Army that invaded uh, Pennsylvania. So, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, again, yeah, too, there yeah, were definitely. I know you keep saying Tanya. I know you keep saying the South will rise again. But... <laughs> no, Tanya. I mean, there was a lot of like uh, Confederate like sympathizers and everything too over there, but. Again, majority of it were all right. Know, it was all union. Uh, that's a very cool story. Again, I've heard that before on something, and it's really, really interesting. I think of all the stories, that's probably the coolest one to me. I like that, but I think, yeah. So, do you think it was a time slip? Who? Tanya? Yeah, I think it was. I think more than a haunting, it would have been a time slip. And I also, Walter had said, I think when we were talking before about doing this, and then we wound up, he he got <laughs> off work and was able to do it. What if they had stepped off the elevator yeah, and yeah, helped that guy? Yeah. 
and the elevator door had shut, would they have been stuck? What if this was just all made up to be on Unsolved Mysteries? No, like, to me, I'm, I'm kind of curious, too. Like, that surgeon, if he actually saw them, is there, like, a journal or something with, like, hey, I saw these strangely dressed individuals? Somewhere, or, I mean, right. Again, it's not like today where they have a break. I mean, these guys were working around the clock in these horrible conditions, so he well, might have just thought he imagined it or it was some sort of... If he needed arms to hold down, they didn't have anesthesia. If he just needed yeah. somebody to hold down that body while he amputated, yeah. yep. you know, he wasn't paying Probably attention. Not. But that's where I go with, like, the time slip. I feel like hauntings, well, you, yeah, there's, there's um, accounts of whole battlefield hauntings and this and that. They're still not that detailed. They're foggy. There's not, you know, it's just... There's a lot of detail in that. And I don't know. It's again now. But you could have read yeah, that anywhere. Yeah, you could have read it anywhere. There's And made that up. Yeah. You know, I mean, just like the guys with the bullets. Now, if that was anything, I, I would think that would be a home. I feel like if you profit off of something, did you make it up just to make that profit? I mean, Robert Stack read that story. Come on. Or I, again, I mean, I mean, too, I mean, even if they didn't profit <laughs> off of it, they got an unsolved mysteries. You know, to me, that's like, that's exactly. even, right. that's just as cool. Right. I, I don't have any money to show for it, but here's, here's my con on well, national television. a huge cut on the back, at least, yeah. When did it actually that, happen? What, that, that particular story? I don't remember. I, it aired in 96. Like I said, the basement story happened in the 80s. No, 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 no. I mean, did, did that story happen? Did those guys see that stuff or whatever before that show was a thing or while it was I, a thing? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't have that's no idea. Question. I mean, how long was on? Was how long was Unsolved Mysteries on? Was it, it had to be like late '80s, right? So I don't, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, this was years. this aired in '96. So even if it took place in '98 or '98, yeah. I'm sorry, '89 or whatever. You said it was season eight, episode six. Yeah. Um, I wrote it down so I would know to find it. Yeah, Unsolved Mysteries have been going since '88 or '89 because I grew up with that. Just with those live or those cartridges and stuff. I mean, again, you can buy them. In Gettysburg. It's not like you have to, like, there were some of these rare, rare things to find, you know? I mean, you can just literally, there's like right. 10 antique shops on, on a single block that you can find this stuff on. So Well, and those reenactors a lot of times will have, yeah. you know, stuff like that, real yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of guys pride themselves in getting original stuff, too. So. Right, right. So they could have dropped them, or it could have been another right. reenactor. And it very well could have been. Leg. I mean, you yeah. don't, you don't. I mean, too many variables. The dramatization happened on Little Round Top. I don't know if that actually took place at Little Round Top because I, I just recognized the monument on in the background. I'm like, oh, I know where that's at. That's pretty cool. I'm pretty sure it was like the New York oh, okay. on the New York Regiment monuments on, on Little Round Top there. But um, and again, that's like a real rocky mm-hmm. area. I mean, there's woods there too. But I mean, if you're if you're not on that rocky outcrop, there's not a lot of places to get to in a hurry because it's. Again, you have to watch your step. I mean, you could really get hurt monkeying around up there. Oh, yeah, I'd say, yeah. I think it's fake. I think they just wanted to be on Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, I lean towards that, too. But uh, I figured I would just throw it out there. No. No, you don't. Be honest. You think it's a time slip. No, I think the basement was a time slip. Well, I, yeah, I like that story. It's something I even saw. I even saw that on um, the aforementioned Haunted History with John Glover. Like, they did a thing on, I think it may have been their Pennsylvania episode, but they did Philadelphia and Gettysburg and all that stuff, but they mentioned it earlier, too. I've heard it on something. I've not seen it on anything, but I heard it And on see, look at how famous they are now. Or something. You gotta Guys, find. let's make up a story. Let's get yeah. famous. I know their names. 
So I have another story too. This this one happened to me. I got there really early. I was visiting a friend for for the weekend. So I got there extremely early. I parked the where the old museum's at before they uh, tore it down and then they built a, a even larger one, a Louise. So again, it was early morning. Sun was just coming up. Clouds were hanging real low on the battlefield. Really neat. And I was walking out there, and then I started hearing a bugle go off. And I'm like, what? what the hell is this? You know, because there's no cars. I'm like, the only car, there's no people around. And all of a sudden, I start hearing this bugle sounding off. And I'm like, man, that is really wild. Right. And I was like, where is this coming from? Because there's like nothing there. So I was like curious, and I kept walking down the trail, and, and it went around the bend. And at this point, I'm hearing clattering of like um, like camp life, you know, like pots and pans yeah. clamor, uh, banging together and everything. Again, the bugle, I hear, I'm starting to hear people talk and stuff. And again, there's like nobody out there. So I continue to walk. Not like reenactors. Oh, so I continue to walk down the trail. Okay. And then you go around <laughs> this little bend there. And there's all these tents set up. And I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. And then, then you start seeing cars yeah. parked on the other side. But... Again, if I didn't investigate, you know, I ha- yeah, I mean, I would have this really cool that. story. Hey, I was at Gettysburg. I heard a bugle. I heard pots and pans banging around. I heard people laughing and talking and that kind of stuff. And then went back to my car. You know, right. again, if I didn't investigate. So, I mean. Gold star for you for investigating. Right, yeah. Because, mm. I, I mean, but how many times? It, you right, have to. exactly. How many times? But how many times does that happen? All these people have these cool stories, and that they just don't take the not. extra effort to yeah. walk right. just a little bit down. And because I didn't know that, I've been there a half dozen times before that that time. I didn't even realize that there was an actual parking area, and I didn't realize you can actually camp on the battlefield itself. And again, they were all you know, yeah. it was like twenty tents. You can camp at a right. lot of those. Yeah, places. I mean, it, I've camped at Fort Knox before with the the SCA okay. long time ago. Society for Creative Anachronisms. Yeah. What? They're reenactors. <laughs> they just reenact the Middle Ages. Sh- you cannot, Rick, <laughs> call me a nerd. <laughs> was, was this LARPing? Yeah. 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 Okay. That's LARPing. Yeah, that's LARPing. That's yeah. LARPing. <laughs> oh, wait. Civil War that's reenactors it, yeah. are just LARPers. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they are. Oh. They are. Yeah. All of them are LARPers. <laughs> a doubt. They're all LARPers. <laughs> Live action role play. My Shut- it's fun, though. Shots it's fired. Fun, though. And then 60 seconds to reload before the next yeah, shots are fired. Yep. And you, and you have a little pocket yeah. D20 that you roll to see if you get hit or not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they don't do that. See, the society, the SCA actually, like I know the, the Civil War reenactor people have okay. stories to go by, but the SCA doesn't. And they actually have rattan sticks mm-hmm. that are wrapped with duct tape, you know, but they hit each other. That sounds ridiculous. They have, the same. Well, <laughs> it's a big thing. <laughs> They have, uh, they have real armor, and they beat the shit out of each other with these sticks. Laura, it's a good way to get laid for a nerd. It is. Mm. Big time. So did it work for you? Me, specifically? No, I'm still a 38-year-old virgin. (laughs) I actually- uh, Two more years before you get a movie made out of it. Yeah. I actually uh, knew a uh, Civil War (laughs) reenactor. I asked him that. I was like, well, how do you guys know who gets shot or not? He's like, it it all boils down to whether, you know, like how- um, how long of a day do you want? Usually, I get shot like the first like five minutes, and then after the battle, <laughs> leaves the scene. I get yeah, and I, and I just hang out right. back in the tent, you know. So right, and then you can go <laughs> hang out and do other stuff, right? 
But that's how they uh, make the, they have baronies and all of that stuff like it was in the Middle Ages. And um, they they do battles to see, they do like a, um, uh, what do you call it when you, these people battle and then whoever wins this, these people battle and then. A tournament. What is that called? Tourney. Yeah, sort of, yeah. And uh, whoever wins at the very end is the uh, the king for the next six months. <laughs> it's been around since the 70s. Though. Oh, it's been around for a really long time. My, me and my theater friends used to do a version like that. I learned how to make chain mail. We should end this pod, Time Slipping Harpers. Time who what? <laughs> <laughs> Laura might have to drop out. I see so much judgment in her eyes. Yeah, you guys are nerds. <laughs> no, I learned how to... Ch- she would... Sh- she would love it because there's craft stuff the girls get to do. Well, the girls can fight too, but I'd rather sit in a pretty dress and make rum balls and get toasted and make chainmail. Uh, Renaissance Fair was always a good time. Yeah, I always yeah, had a blast at Renaissance Fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's my take on it all. I think it's theoretically possible, but I don't believe not a one of these stories tonight. I think they're all hooey. <laughs> there we are. I really, really like every story. I love them. But I they love can't them. be proven. Right. I love them, but I think right. they're wrong. Unfortunately, they can't be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's my opinion. I mean, I really <laughs> love them. Next. <laughs> Especially, especially the one Walter told. I I love that one because there's so much detail and everything. But no. yeah, you can't prove any of them, sadly. Yeah. But they're really good. Like the really two old spinster ladies and Marie Antoinette. Okay, so if they interacted with those people, why didn't those people mention anything about their clothing? Because it certainly would have been much different than right. You know, yeah, because they were from what did I say? 1911. 1911. Like I thought you said so. Something like yeah, so that would have definitely been better. It's a hundred. It's a hundred and thirty years difference at least. Right, and the and Renaissance clothes were very French. Renaissance clothes, especially French, are very poofy. Back then, it was so <laughs> overdone and overstyled. They wore those baskets that made their skirts five feet wide. That's why they had double doors right. everywhere, so the women could get through them. <laughs> True fact. Yeah. I did a big paper on like corsets and fashion and all that. I love that stuff. And they were literally like baskets that they strapped on with a belt. Yeah, yeah. I've worn some of that period clothing. I don't know how them women even... No wonder they had the freaking vapors. I know, those those uh, brocade those brocade dresses and the corsets are very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Well, the brocade dresses are hot. The corsets are very uncomfortable. Corsets are awful. They're awful. Yes, they're torture. So anyway, yeah, so that's time slips. <laughs> 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 What do you get? So do you guys like kind of agree like what I said then? Is it like Yeah, I don't think no. any of them can be proven. Right. I Purely believe in anecdotal. time slips. Yeah. I just yeah. It's all anecdotal. And I hate agreeing with Rick on <laughs> yeah. that. But, <laughs> but on this one specifically, yeah. There's not any proof. I don't know. That's uh, yeah. Whatever. I don't like them. Walter I don't disagrees. Like the stories. I think they're all I just think that each and every person that told a story had a motive. Is oh. Laura frozen? Uh, I don't know who's frozen. Uh, you know what? Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> oh there she is. Wait, Maybe. You were frozen, oh, Laura. Yep. You're back. Oh no. I'm oh, back. Boy. Say what you were saying. <laughs> what were you saying? Who me? Yeah, we couldn't hear you. We could tell you were talking. I didn't say anything. Oh, it sounded like you were talking mm-hmm. or trying to talk. I was talking. Yeah. Did we just experience? Yeah, that was. Slip? That was one of the multi lures. <laughs> no, this is all fake. 
We slipped an hour back into the past when Laura was talking. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I think so. What do you think, Laura? You think they're all crap? <laughs> yep. <laughs> they're all crap. Everyone just wants fame. Nothing can be proven. This, yeah. Okay. I think Laura's taken the, the group skeptic mantle away from me. I she, think she has too, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's not buying into nothing. Like I, <laughs> I mean, to to be fair, I don't believe any of this stuff, but I love it. So at the very least, I I mean, I love it too. No, you don't. You hate it. These are fun stories, eyes. but. Those cold doll eyes. <laughs> <laughs> like a shark's eyes. I believe that a wormhole could happen. I believe that there's that. That stuff, it could possibly happen. Do I believe these stories? No. Right. You know. They're pretty cool stories, though. They're great stories. I love them. They're great stories. They're really awesome stories. Oh, kitty. i got to cut this. It's driving me insane. Cut it. I haven't got any scissors in here. Use your teeth. No. (laughs) Gross. My shirt is already, I don't know if y'all can tell that this black shirt is white now from this hair, but I'm not doing that. What are you doing? If if you come at your woman with those teeth like that, <laughs> that's no wonder she doesn't play with your butt. <laughs> Wait, what? What the hell did wow. I miss? <laughs> I like, I like. I really got to start, start back reading our chats. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm totally lost. I'm, I'm sure there's a formula that says my teeth equals no butt somewhere. But. <laughs> I mean, you have no. I mean, you have nice teeth. It was just that face you're making. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> Some questions from our listeners. Okay. The first one comes from Marcus Simpson. And he wants to know, what was y'all's inspiration to start y'all's podcast? Who wants to answer that? I think Rick should probably answer it because wasn't it his idea? I mean, kind of. It's So for the backstory of people that don't know, we, we're all admins on the Kryptonaut Podcast yes. Facebook group. Right. And we've known we, each other for like two, two years. years, three or two mm. years. And we just talked like every day. Yeah. Yeah. We all have tattoos of Rob Murphy uh, right above our, our buckle. He just needs to get over himself and ask me to marry him, okay? That's that's just... <laughs> but no, like... So anyway. Uh, yeah. I, I, I feel like in, in paranormal podcasts, there aren't enough people who are willing to say no. It's all, right. you know, ooh, ooh, we don't know what's could go, what could be going on. We could be anything. Like, no. Like, just, just say straight up yes or no. And take the listeners you get with that. Don't try to be be all to everybody. You can't do that because it just makes a worse podcast. But Walter and I believe most of this. Laura and you don't believe anything. <laughs> Tarina <laughs> believes I want to believe, though. Yeah. Oh, Winston Zedmore. Like yeah. <laughs> That's You make 11.5 a year. <laughs> Whoa. So that was a good answer, I think. Right? Yeah. I mean, it is. We just want to be honest about this stuff and not not try to cater to everyone. Call out the fakes. Yeah. Like it's like Kyle Kinane says in his stand up, I'll lose most of you to gain some of you. Like that's that's what I'd rather have. I'd rather have a fan base that actually listens to us because they agree with us rather than everybody listening and 
you know, but you really care. Right. We give our honest opinions. Right. You know, I like that part of it. Like, like you said, we're not catering to any crowd. Like, if we believe it, we believe it. Like the stories tonight, we're all, we love the stories, but at the end of it, every single one of but, us are like, right. no, it's crap. Well, except for maybe Walter, right. because he loves time slips. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. I wish that they could be proven, but I really do love them. And it'd be cool if they were true. Ultra terrestrials and time slips for life. Jesus Christ. That's it. Yes. That's it. I'm with you on the ultra terrestrials. <laughs> what was the next question, Laura? <laughs> okay, so we had one more question. Uh, this came from Dave Nienaber. Would you rather date a centaur or an ipotane? Is that how you say yeah. it? Yeah. That's one is isn't that one with a horse's head? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the reverse, reverse centaur. Oh. centaur. Which is totally yeah. different than reverse. Except it only has two legs, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Bojack horse. Yes. Is what? Yes. That would be okay. Yes. I mean, okay, so would you date uh, Bojack? I, no. Me either. How are you going to kiss him? Kissing's important. Oh my God, I was just you can't that kiss a horse. They have a tongue. <laughs> no. He'll make you no. his feed trough. But then, okay, the centaur genitalia thing, and I don't know that I'm all about that yet either. I, I think centaurs, if they're anatomically correct, is they have two ding dogs. Because there's right, one. I know, I know. We've with been the, over the, the front legs. Over and then one with the back. Oh my god, my brain. Yeah. I don't think there's. Yeah, I, I don't I think. Assu- yeah, I assumed that their genitalia was on the back. like Because it's a still a horse. horse. They do in my mind. It's only a man from like the waist up. <laughs> oh. But what if it's a right. horse? So there's only one penis. Yeah. Well, God, that'd be better than a horse's. Have you ever seen <laughs> yeah, a horse? Yes. But I mean, tell us, Jesus. tell us, Tanya, about your horse ding dongs. You're saying there, there was a horse who lived next door, and he had a big ding dong. Was this an Antioch? Near it. No. Yeah. Oh my God. No. no. There's there's an but, ordinance: no horses in city limits, Tanya. You can't have I think there's one about no chickens too, but you need to tell the neighbors that. Oh, but, uh, okay, so what's your answer? <laughs> oh, a centaur. I'd rather Walt- do a centaur. Walter. Uh, yeah, centaur. Rick. I mean, obviously a centaur. I'm saving I, myself I can ride Jesus, centaur. so neither. Oh. <laughs> what if it's Jesus riding a centaur? But what if Jesus isn't Wait, real? Jesus riding a centaur. Well, I said, what if Jesus isn't well, real? I guess I'm waiting for Oh, let's go on Horse. to another yeah, question. Yeah, you know, there, there's other options out there. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, which would you rather do? A cent- I'll say centaur. Okay. Yeah. I'm not having sex with Bojack. <laughs> if I had to choose, I, I would have to go. Yeah, I can't deal with that horse face coming at me. I just keep picturing the what, tongue what? and the teeth oh. and I'm just grossed up. Horses frighten me. But wait a minute. Everything yeah. frightens me. Let's be real. Wait, wait a minute. Yeah, everything does frighten it does. me. But wait a minute. You've got what? you've got a human body he, uh, horse head, but it's voiced by Will Arnett. <laughs> that is a huge selling point. Not for sex. <laughs> I mean, I can see Walter's eyes right now. And he he's like, yeah, sexy. I'm down he's for down. Will Arnett. <laughs> <Bojack Horseman>. <laughs> <laughs> you tell Dave. Not any more weird yeah. questions. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. No, actually, that so was that was all the questions that we had. <laughs> yeah. 
Next week, we've would, so much you, about each other. Yeah, ne- next week, would you rather have sex with a mermaid or a manatee? That's coming up. It's illegal to molest a manatee here in Florida. Thank you. They're in danger. Also, gators. Do not molest. You can't gators. molest the gators. But have you seen the Florida? Okay, true fact. Out of the last thousand <laughs> attacks, 997 of them were initiated by the human there's a reason for right. that oh yeah people are dumb. there's a gator i'm gonna go get me that gator i'm gonna go feed him some bacon <laughs> it's because they watch too many facebook and instagram clips mm-hmm. of gator handlers right. and want to get in there and be like just be right just like them. right and, and then I get mean, their head chewed not off. everybody can be like those really sexy gator handlers down in the everglades oh mm-hmm. my god i'm addicted to those videos guys I don't even know that we it's know. the gators. I we think know. it's a six pack. <laughs> of the gator or of the gator? I actually like, he puts oh a lot of God. good gator facts out there, so I actually do like that part of it. Like, he puts a lot of knowledge out there. But he is sexy. I'm not even going to lie. Tanya keeps out on yourself as like a reptile aficionado. She's talking about a six not. pack on a gator. They, That's they've a survived. Thing, six pack on a gator. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no. Man. I'll find a uh, Lizard Man movie to watch for there us, Tanya. Go. No. There you go. <laughs> Just dress up like dress up like a lizard man, Walter. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Dear Lord. <laughs> Wasn't the creature from the Black Lagoon pretty ripped? Like when he walked up out of that lagoon after he got over his little sure. weird yes. face? Didn't he have like a hot ripped body? Or am I just imagining things? I mean, long. that came out in the fifties, so you're probably reimagining. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, Rick. So, thanks for listening to this episode of like the Roundtable Podcast. Less, yes. less your heart. Please, please, <laughs> please follow us on the socials. Yes, we're on Facebook. <laughs> I'm gonna block him yeah. out. You go ahead and we're on TikTok. <laughs> Don't mute we're me. On Instagram. You can't stop the signal. We're on Twitter. We have a redbubble.com site where you can buy our merch. Yes. Buy our merch. Go buy some stuff. You know you want to wear us on your and we're working ladies. on. <laughs> and we're working on a Patreon. Yes. Just working on it. We're, you we're are. We're going to have stuff on we're there. Not. Well, we first need. Tanya's actually doing the work. We all Basically. just are lazy <laughs> and she does all the work. Let's be give us no. Give us your sexy cryptid or and or paranormal stories and I, yeah. can read, I can read them for Patreon. Give us a taste, Rick. The, <laughs> the, old, the old lady was on her front porch and she saw two red glowing eyes in the wood line. <laughs> and she felt no. something stirring that she never felt before. This is your sexy voice? That's not your sexy voice. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for this. Just, Listen, you got me hooked. Walter's paying that dollar. <laughs> Walter is waiting. Yes, for dollar. dollar. That's a bargain. <laughs> Out from the trees strode two white legs, and atop them a torso with eyes. That's so hot. <laughs> no hand, just a torso with eyes. It's the Fresno Nightcrawlers. Yeah, yeah. getting sexy Fresno Nightcrawlers. Come on. There you go. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> Don't worry, don't worry about the voice. I'll I'll work on it. I'll do the Derek Hayes thing. This this is Rick Belcher with Spooks Creeps uh. 
and assorted oh devilry. <laughs> Every word is thought out. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Kitty. <laughs> Scared the crap we are out of a hot mess, y'all. <laughs> we are. Okay, y'all. Thank you for listening to WJZZ Atlanta. <laughs> An assorted devil. <laughs> we love y'all. Thank you. Thank you for you're listening to us. Be stupid. Bye. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Five Dummies Talk About Weird Stuff. I'm Spooks, Creeps, and Assorted Devilry. Don't forget to slam that subscribe button and rate and review us wherever fine podcasts are sold. We'll see you next time, Creeps. Yeah.